0: The Around the NFL podcast is full of heart from start to finish.
1: (laughs) Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. It's the gift that keeps
2: giving. Well, I spent the last episode suggesting that we need to be thanking and giving gifts to Matt Money Smith. That's off the table when he betrays me by putting that line back out there again for the 18th time in the past 10 days.
1: Money on the radar at the top of the show. This is the earliest anyone's ever gotten on the radar before. Very early.
3: (laughs) Don't wrong me. It's quite possible Money was just handed a list of things to say.
1: Well, And the real
2: culprit is... Behind, behind the, the glass, glass right now. Those big doe eyes. Sydney, once again, it's not Mad Money Smith, it's you.
0: Mark and I are in a real bad place. Is Sydney
2: in the revenge bucket? <laughs> <laughs> she's kind of like spiraling down through the atmosphere, and the bucket is big on the ground, and she's heading right towards it. Not in there yet. There Maybe was a change, sh- of course.
0: <laughs> there was a shadowy leak figure that was disappointed that he didn't come into the uh, office to uh, Hornet's Nest. Is that what it was?
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: there was a promise that the Shadow oh. we, We're dealing with an issue with our sponsors and I'll be reading sponsorships all through the show. Get excited. Um about an individualized offer code. It's what we're looking for instead of a, a general offer code that covers all the podcasts. We're trying to differentiate ourselves as a business model. Greg's shaking his head. Why? It's the business side. No no no. We're okay. trying to make things happen, you know? What you well, this guy's
3: gonna this shadowy league figure might find himself in the revenge bucket. How about that?
2: Maybe he's That's already bad. there. Well, we I don't know who you're referring to, but it could be any. He's know. had two more
1: days. Do we have an official statement from the shadowy league figure uh, about uh, why we do not have our own offer code for either of our sponsors?
0: Nope, nothing new on that front.
1: Remains a hard, declined statement.
4: Is that a good look in the PR realm, Wes? You don't want my honest opinion on this.
1: Today's you'll be show. down
4: to three man podcast. If you have, if you are <laughs> caught up, you
1: know you, you know what's happening here. On Tuesday's show, we we went around the AFC in forty eight minutes. Now, would not it be weird if we didn't go around the NFC? Like, what kind of podcast would that be? It would be an incomplete podcast. We are a complete podcast.
2: The NFC is uh, one of the topics that I was on my list to not report on or write about this offseason. <laughs> so weird for the three of you.
1: Yeah, that's true. Have you been able to do that? Have you Up been able until to now. That? And now you're in. Now you're in. You're Getting in with pulled two feet. right in. Just when you thought you were out. I
3: mean, there is an easy way I could fact check uh, this statement of yours. Go look through your archive.
1: Should we do it? I- <laughs> I'm going to do it real quick.
2: I mean I haven't reported anything all off season. So <laughs> let's start right there.
1: <laughs> oh, so any writing at all? It's just reporting. I would rather not write reporting.
2: on anything having to do with the NFC, but that was a little tough.
3: Okay.
1: Looks yeah. like you got Cowboys add slot receiver Ryan Switzer on
2: draft day. I was trying to help out my coworkers by doing that.
3: Niners Nine trade to number 31 select Alabama's Reuben Foster. Helping
2: coworkers. But it's funny cuz most of these are AFC. Are you trying to do that? <laughs> no, he has no. stated his intention. That's my intention. I don't have any power. <laughs>
1: Ex-Saints uh, guard Jaira Evans to sign with Packers.
3: That's almost It's almost such a random stance to
4: take, I would think your bosses would have to go along
3: with it. Yeah, Well, how do you that's, even not, respond been, to that's
2: not been their
4: stance at all. It's not random, right? Like you you have this stance for a reason that the same teams in the NFC are, the, are good every year. Nothing changes. So you're going to
1: focus on the conference that the Patriots are in and the I Steelers. Mean,
2: I really was just sort of tired of the NFC in general. That's where it came from. Gotcha.
1: Anyway, so yes, we are going to devote three. Let's figure it out. 32 teams, but only 16 in each division. If you (laughs) give three minutes to each team in the conference, 48 minutes. Three minutes per team. We'll go through all the teams in the NFC. And when we're done, we'll have covered the entire league in one week. Beat that, competitors. Let's get to it. Little, little, let's give us something, Sid. Give us something to get us excited about this. There it is. Around hey. the NFC. Give us some hype music. In 48 minutes. Mark, just like Tuesday, we'll start with
2: you, this time in the NFC East. Let's start in Dallas. So the Cowboys added six new defenders through the draft. They went right after what they said they needed to do, including a pair of projected starters. I know we talk about Dallas We on this podcast a couple times. Every other year, they completely crumble and disappear, and then they come back the next year and do the little playoff thing. Why can't this be the year that the Dallas Cowboys stay consistent? A lot of the same players on offense, same exact situation. Why the the doom and gloom around the Dallas Cowboys?
1: Is there doom and gloom? Well, you're I mean, largely. This Besides is largely me. your
2: theory. Well, I'm only. I'm. I'm just saying the theory. The theory should not exist. Maybe a, this I'm
1: year. I'm a data man, and I look at the, 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 the recent are? his big time. I go into my <laughs> my my little hole, my little knob in the tree, and I and I and I have all my machines, and I crunch my data.
4: Say hello the, to Boo Ramsey.
0: Yeah,
1: you're <laughs> the you're the around the NFL's Billy Bean over there. <laughs> and um, my point is, is that history, which is instructive. Greg <laughs> tells us the Cowboys will stink this year <laughs> and every other year Brainiacs that the Cowboys stunk in the last like five years when they were coming off a good season. People weren't predicting it. I'm just saying it could happen this year, but there's nothing I could from what you're the point you're making is a good one. It's sound that their <laughs> offensive line is still great. Dak Prescott year two, Zeke Elliott playmakers it makes sense. They should be safe. They should be 12. about
3: as safe as it gets because of that offense. The, yet the case against them, though, is that they overachieved. That their defense wasn't that good, anyways. And even then, they maybe overachieved last year. Lost a lot in the secondary. Still aren't very exciting in terms of their pass rush. They really did not address that problem at all. I know they took I Taco, Taco Charles. Taco Charles addressing mean they, it. All right, they tr- they tried to address it. I'm looking at Demarcus Lawrence and Taco Charlton and you know Tyrone Crawford and whatnot, and I'm not thinking that's one of the better pass rushers or even an average one. I
2: think what helps Dallas Rod Marinelli, incredible defensive coordinator. He's gonna—they got a lot of new, not a lot of new defensive guys to work with. I like this. I think they—they've drafted as well as you could expect the last couple of years after all the flack yes. Jerry Jones took. That organization is structured differently now. Smart drafts. They should be head
4: and shoulders favorites in this division. I don't think their pass rush is any worse than it was last year. In fact, it's probably better. And guys like David Irving were making a lot of plays at the end of last year, even though he's not a household name. I'll tell you where he wasn't making plays in that playoff game. One game.
3: One game. A couple games going up to that for him specifically, but their pass rush in that game and their defense in that game, it was a reminder of how far they had to go, that they were not close, I don't think, to a championship-level defense. They have
4: the single most valuable asset in the NFL. A starting quarterback, franchise quarterback, making about
3: $400,000. Ca- and continuity Eight, on the best seven, offensive line in the league. Six, I mean, that's the thing where seven, you, you kind of can't four, see them crumbling because of that.
1: Everything two, went right last year. We'll see the same thing
4: <laughs> History. Wes. We spent the month of March hand-wringing the Washington Redskins. Scott McLuhan unceremoniously dumped. Kirk Cousins trade rumors every other day. Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Pierre Garcon out the door. What's going on with their defense? And a month and a half later, I don't know if their wide receiver core is that much worse. Kirk Cousins is not going to be traded. They have a pretty good draft. They're building up this defense. Can the Redskins actually be improved over last year's team?
3: I don't like that idea. That's not fun. Well, you hate the Redskins. That's part of why you don't think it's fun. No. Uh, it, the offseason so long that we end up like con- contradicting what we were saying. I'll, everything you're saying makes sense. I think in this division, you can kind of make a case for any team, good or bad, especially the non-Cowboys teams. But, no, I think this is a team on defense that is likely to be poor. And nothing they've done has really changed my mind on
2: that. Like Jonathan Allen? Like adding that? Zach I Brown? Mean, I I— when it comes to the Redskins, I feel like with Jay Gruden, from the minute he got there and inherited the Cousins RG3 scenario, he's had to deal with chaos and a lack of harmony in Washington from the very beginning, and he's kind of done a pretty good job with it. I think last season, I thought around Thanksgiving, they were the one team that could go into the NFC playoffs, had they been can kept that together and caused some serious issues. I don't see that they've completely changed. Had they gone down the route of getting rid of Kirk Cousins to try to solve that a different way and then you draft some rookie quarterback, anything could have happened negatively. I I kind of see them as a team that in this division can hang around. I I agree that
3: it, it probably wasn't as much doom and gloom. And on paper, it's a it's a good overall team. I think it's worth mentioning every now and then that Kirk Cousins who, you know, at this point we've built up so much cuz he's worth so much in terms of trade value was Absolutely T-minus terrible, and their offense was absolutely terrible twice in December when the playoffs were on the line. I mean, people forget that Giants game was a fiasco. The Panthers' loss was a fiasco. So they've got talent, and I think Kirk Cousins, kind of like Alex Smith in Kansas City, has a ceiling. And I don't, know, like, I don't know if they
2: get past that. I do wonder if Terrell Pryor translates more positively than he did last year, or if that is something that – is that sustainable? I wonder. I expect him to do much better with a better quarterback.
1: That Yeah, that is uh, – We'll see. That, the whole signing was a bit under the radar. I think that if he continues to progress, that's a major playmaker.
2: Jamison Crowder said. is totally fantastic and totally emergent. So they've got weapons. I mean,
3: they have a new starting running back potentially in Samaje Perine, their fourth-round pick, who's going to challenge Fat Rob. Eight. They get Trent Williams Seven. back healthy. There are a lot of things if you're a Redskins fan. Four, I think you can make the case three. that – You know, to feel good about that they're a playoff type of team. I I totally reversed myself there.
1: (laughs) Big blue, the New York Giants. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eli Manning, the biggest punching bag in this room. I am the defender. We all know that. It's not easy. It's not easy, especially with attorney at law, Chris Wessling, to my (laughs) left. But let me say this. Eli had a bad year last year. Uh, Even if statistically it doesn't look that bad, it was not a good year. And what did the Giants do? They went 11 and 5, and they went to the playoffs. Uh, they went and they got Brandon Marshall. Uh, maybe they could have done better to protect Eli in the offensive line. Maybe they could use some backfield help. But 11 and 5 off a bad Eli year, Eli
4: plays better next year. Aren't they the biggest threat to the Cowboys in the NFC East? I will say this as little faith as I had in Eli Manning, who statistics, depending on which ones you're using, will tell you how bad he was last year. I thought they were one of the biggest threats to all the superpowers going into the playoffs last year and had to scare teams silly. That defense was playing at such a high level. And, and you know Odell Beckham can go off at any time. I absolutely think they're the biggest threats hmm. to the Cowboys.
3: Logically, this is a really good division. It, it's funny how fast things change. Because I, I think that on paper – to me, this is the best Giants roster since '08. Oh, I mean, maybe maybe you can make a case for '11 when they when they won the Super Bowl. But they they were a pretty balanced team, and I think the offensive line is a huge problem, and it could totally sink this team. They're counting on Eric Flowers and Bobby Hart to just get better, and if that doesn't happen, you know it could ruin everything. But the receivers are deep, the defensive line uh, is deep, the secondary is awesome. Like they have a lot. They have a lot to like.
2: Evan Ingram, tight end. They needed to upgrade that position. That was position. a weird
4: pick to me, I they, guess. Ne- they
2: needed to address it.
4: But I guess, because you, you have they've for Brandon Marshall. Used, they've never used that kind of tight end in the Eli years. They always have some big six foot six, two 280-pound guy that they use. Also, Brandon Marshall is no more than a one- or two-year patch one on this. One yeah. I guess I just was thinking they have guys to
3: throw the ball to. Their offensive line, their linebackers, you know, I, I was expecting. I get it. It was the guy
1: they liked. You're a, a big of fan the- of fourth-string tight end Matt Lacoste. I understand. I
2: understand. Understandable. Yeah. I mean, you know, the defensive changes they made last offseason still translate. There's a, there's a lot to like with the Giants. They're also one of these freaky teams that – whether you like Eli or not, they get streaky and they become something you didn't predict on any level, and that that division does feel like it go right down to the last week like it always does. It's they so- can
4: beat any team in the league on a given week, including the Patriots and Steelers and, and Packers and whoever else. I, I think Spagnola did a good
3: job last year. I'm not all in on Ben McAdoo as, as a great offensive coach. I mean, we'll see. I'm not, I'm not saying he's ruled himself out. But I I don't know if this guy's, you know, a guy that we're going to be speaking highly
2: of. Is Ben McAdoo the
1: worst dancer of head coaches?
2: Oh, there's got to be some competition. Andy Reid? Joe Philbin? Until Mike (laughs) Flannon becomes a coach. Greg. Every year,
3: I find a way to convince myself that the Philadelphia Eagles are the team to beat in the NFC East this year very under the radar I would say as as Eagles teams go there's always some attention is there any way looking at what they've done this offseason and in the draft that I can in good conscience make that case again for the Eagles to win their division I mean let's let's say I'm doing it with a little green colored glasses I'm trying you know I I, I kind of just like what they're about. I like Carson Wentz, but I know it's a bit of a long shot. But can I even make the case? Does it even make sense that this could be the
2: team that wins the division? I, I mean, just with all this offseason stuff we do, their biggest issue last year, along with Carson Wentz still developing, was a lack of weapons, reliable weapons for Carson Wentz. You add Alshon Jeffrey, you add Torrey Smith. Right there, you went out and it completely changed your wide receiving core. So there's a case to start with. For me, it starts right there.
3: Timmy Jernigan, Chris Long, couple – players on the defensive line. Derek Barnett was a guy people were split on in the scouting community, but he had incredible numbers in college, and they're going to be looking at him to be a pass rusher. I'm not sure if it's, like, an exciting defense. There's, like, there's still parts here. The cornerback and running back position, to me, are a little confusing.
1: Unless the Cowboys run away and hide again, which could happen or it may not happen. You can make a real case, it feels like, for any of these teams in the division. That goes back to what you're saying about how this is all of a sudden became a really good di- division. If if Carson Wentz makes a year-two jump and they did a nice job surrounding the weapons, that means they're going to score points. And if they their defense uh, plays up to their potential, they're going to get some stops, and then, then you're talking 11 wins again. You're, this is a team that could do that, I think.
4: I have. Yeah, three, baby! I have three major hang-ups about this team. Last year, they were undone by a backfield that was inconsistent and unproductive, cornerbacks that were burnt too often, and a quarterback whose mechanics devolved throughout the season, and I see no solutions to any of those three hangups so far. I mean, you—I well, think wait, you could – Wentz.
2: He needs to make a step up. I mean, it's like a lot – I think there's a lot to like, and it almost falls into the Blake Bortles rookie category where there's so much to like about the physical makeup and what he brings. I but love Wentz, got, but you it's like Bortles. You have to see it on the field. Yeah. I think Wentz, what,
3: certainly compared to Bortles' rookie year, did not show show as many red flags. But I guess you can make the case again. I'm confused that they're they're reportedly still going to cut Ryan Matthews, which makes their backfield Darren Sproul, tiny. Denial Pumphrey, and Wendell Smallwood for a team that I think would want to run the ball a lot. It's weird. It's a tiny backfield. Yeah. Weird-looking backfield.
2: Well, Greg, you've talked yourself right out of it.
3: That's it on the Eagles? Plenty Come on, this to used go. to be a team that got people going. They get Lane Johnson back? That's going to change things.
2: the Peters line. is motivated. This long in the Kackle mix. Talk. One. Two, one. <laughs> oh.
1: Rough final ten seconds for the Eagles. In fact, I think it's time to take a break after that. You've perfected your wardrobe, but what about the stuff not everybody gets to see? What is MeUndies?
0: Huh?
1: Oh. Just seriously soft, feel-going undies delivered right to your door.
3: What are you going for with that guy? <laughs> Orson Welles?
1: In the copy, it says, "O," oh. So I'm just letting Orson <laughs> take uh, that line. Yeah. Rest in peace. Me undies are designed in L.A. and made from sustainably sourced micro Mundell. Fa- hold on.
3: A- <laughs> I mean, it makes it sound like he's experiencing something he should not be wearing me undies for. <laughs>
2: Modal, by the way.
1: Uh, Orson Welles, do you like micro-modal? A <laughs> fabric <laughs> <laughs> three times softer than cotton. Me undies softer than soft. lug undies come in an ever-changing selection of classical colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns so you can tailor your undies to your own personal style. And guess What? What? You can save time and money each month with a monthly subscription. And if you're not ready for a subscription, that's okay. You can still save. That's because MeUndies is offering you 20% off your first pair. Just use our special URL, MeUndies.com slash NFL2017, and get 20% off your first pair. So go ahead, revamp your underwear drawer. You know you deserve it. Once again, that's MeUndies.com slash NFL2017. MeUndies.com slash NFL2017.
2: Ah. had a lot of people, well, not a lot, tweet at me asking why would anyone subscribe to underwear? Why not? Well, how about this? This is the way industry is changing. Commerce right. is changing. The world is changing. Get on board. Start subscribing to this. I will. You should, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're absolutely I mean, right. new underwear comes every once in a while. What's so bad about that?
1: You glorify your past while your future dries up.
2: I think that those people are saying, no,
3: we like old, ratty, dirty underwear. Well, I mean, me and these should attractive. be paying us double for this. They're getting double the read. Clean your underpants. Or buy new ones on a website. You know,
4: Ten years ago, people would have said, why do I need a subscription to a razor?
1: Yeah, and now uh, what, uh, Mr. Bossy Pants? NFC North.
2: Let's start in the most exciting locale in the NFC North, the Detroit suburbs. <laughs> The Lions used to draft – listen, so here's did what I like Did you draft them,
1: that. by the way? Huh? Did you draft them by choice or was that the no, no, last No, no, that team? fell to me. Yeah, fell to and me. get ga- a draft of these teams. The
2: games are right in downtown Detroit. Let's start in downtown Detroit. <laughs> the Lions, I do like this. They use the draft to address really probably their biggest need at linebacker. They use free agency to improve that offensive line finally. Does any of this, does anything they've done – at all since last week 17 ended changed the way we feel about their ceiling? Anything at all? Nothing. They
4: were a team that was losing in the
2: fourth quarter of 16 of 17
4: games. They weren't as good as their record. And they're like, when I see what they do at linebacker, sure, they picked up one of the best linebackers in the draft, but he's also just replacing DeAndre Levy, just like the Jets are just replacing Calvin Pryor. It's hard for me to get excited about that. Well, hopefully the Jets are upgrading
3: on Calvin Pryor. And Jared, you hope so. Jared Davis isn't really replacing Levy anymore because Levy hasn't been there for two years. So he's replacing Whitehead, who's okay and stays in the starting lineup. But at least you're hoping
2: that, that that improves that position. I would hope. It's just interesting because I look at their, their weapons on offense, too, that – it's it's strange. I'm wondering if I get stuck in this thing where I just think that the Lions are boring, but they're actually – last year their games were the definition of exciting.
3: Like, on one hand, I agree, Wes, they were not a good – they were lucky to get the record they had last year. On the other, Matt Stafford played well – has played well with Jim Bob Cooter. They add Ricky Wagner and TJ Lang, two free agent signings. I think we like to upgrade them. But players. are they any better than the guys they replaced? I think I think so. I mean I – maybe. W- I would think they I, – I would think they are. And if Stafford's playing well, Marvin Jones, they need to get a little more out of him. Abdullah is the guy who fascinates me because they really believe in him. I think they think
4: he I can – I believe in either. him too. I do too. Minus one minute. But you have to stay healthy. And, and who's running the ball in, inside? I hope it's not Zach Zenner. I think it's Abdullah. It is the third year
1: people have talked with optimism about Amir Abdullah, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just, yep. y- you got to, that, that's a fact of life that they, he needs to now start turning that promise into real production because they do seem to be missing something to really get excited about. I like Golden Tate will make an exciting play every once in a while. Matt Stafford's got a hose. Uh, but y- they seem to be missing like a real guy to energize the, to- the whole building and, and make game defining I mean, plays.
2: I feel like their running back situation, even though there's this promise these guys can't stay on the field, has been the same way for half a decade.
3: Marvin Jones needs to be better. I don't know if he is. I don't know if he So does Eric Ebron. I think he has a higher ceiling than he showed last year. And I think Abdullah can be a number one type of back. Maybe not 300 carries, but 300 touches when you count the passing game. He was great in that game and a half before
1: he got (laughs) hurt. The Green Bay Packers. What a fun run by the Packers last year. We all enjoyed watching them. Even Mark got a little excited. I did. A little bit. When they started to surge. And, I gave and in. Run. I
2: just gave in to what they are. I knew they would make the playoffs, and I I rode. I just went with the ride.
1: And then after that um, amazing win in Dallas, they went and they got spanked by the Falcons. Uh, some people Predictably. say they used up whatever juice and mojo they had. No, the Falcons just had a uh, once-in-a-decade type off passing offense or offense in general, and the Packers had no, stop, no way to stop, them. they had one of the worst pass defenses in the league. So what do they do? They go and they get Kevin King. Uh, With their first round pick, they take a safety in the the second round. Uh, They take a linebacker uh, uh, and a defensive tackle in their third and fourth rounds. So they use their first four picks on the defensive side of the ball. So they make it clear what they think they need to do. Is that the only thing this team that is separating this team from getting back to the Super Bowl? Is that defense kind of
4: taking that next step and getting kind of in the middling area? Is that it? I think they have to do better than middling. We know that the offense by the end of last year was scoring over 30 a game every week. They had the longest stretch of 30-point games, I think, in Aaron Rodgers' career. So, it's – I think you can assume that they are good enough on offense, but the defense always undoes the Packers, and it's not enough to be middling. They've been middling before. They weren't even middling last year, though. So, at least I would give them a chance. That secondary,
3: the cornerback position was a disaster. I think – uh, their second round pick, Kevin King, first pick of the second round, is about as important a rookie that I can think of on a contending team. Mm. He is a lock to be starting, barring any, barring a disaster. He, I don't
4: know about that.
3: I, I think they would be really disappointed if he was not starting because Randall, at this point, has been a, a disappointment. But uh, he's I don't think classes. they want to start Gunter. I don't think
4: they want to start these guys. I think they want. They brought in Devon House, who knows the system, and rookie cornerbacks struggle. They they just about he's almost always struggle.
2: I like the addition of Martellus Bennett. That's great for Aaron Rodgers. I still don't understand what's happening in the backfield with this team.
4: They said Ty Montgomery's their starter. I mean, well, what's really? funny, teams don't really worry
3: about inside running now that you think of – like now that I'm thinking of it. I mean, the, the Lions don't. It's like they look at that as a role player, kind of like third down backs. You Maybe they should. But they drafted Jamal Williams, who, who for what it's worth, is a guy that some people <laughs> loved and they think is going to play.
2: The comparison is James Starks from DJ. Sid, why are you
1: so excited?
0: I love Jamal. I think you will all come to love Jamal is- as well. If you ever watch an interview with him, he's one of the, like, funnest <laughs> – <laughs> I I love I love Jamal. But isn't
3: he kind of a powerful? Oh, he's so not going to make you of, miss. He's just going to run straight ahead. Yeah, short he's, yardage.
0: He's a power back. Uh, I mean, he can hold his own. It's BYU's leading rusher right there.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, but all right, their backfield is not the best best thing in the world. But they're still probably going to score you know twenty seven to thirty points a game in most weeks. I mean, their defense needs to get better. That's the only thing that's holding them back. I mean, they could really use. Stomp capers still there? Yes. yes. Come on, Teflon Dom.
3: They could really use like Eight, 2012 Clay seven, Exactly. Six. Like who? who yeah. is the premier? I mean, they need Four. Nick Perry to be just Three. as good as he was last Two. year. That would help. They need a time machine. That's it. <laughs> Greg. Minnesota Vikings, the team of around <laughs> the NFL. Don't try to pretend it didn't happen. You know, we haven't done that well with these picks between the Chargers the year before and the Vikings last year. I'm not, just trying to fill time, right? I'm not giving
4: <laughs> <up>. <laughs> It's filibustering.
3: <laughs> I'm not giving up on this team. Okay. After av- adding Dalvin Cook, can't you make the case? I know the offensive line picks, I was a little critical of them, but at least they should be better in terms of Mike Rammers and, and Reef. With Dalvin Cook, couldn't this offense be pretty good? Couldn't this defense show back up and be the defense we thought it was going to be last year? I do not think this offense will necessarily hold this team back. Mm. Tell me I'm
4: wrong. I, I agree with you. I think people are sleeping on the Vikings. Woo! And <laughs> nobody thinks that Riley Reif and Mike Ramers and who's the center they drafted, Elfline? I mean, nobody thinks these guys are all pros, but they are so much better than Jake Long and... Whoever. That's a Hall of Famer. He's going to the
1: Ring of Honor of the Graybeards, bro. The
4: 2016 version of, of Jake Lowe. The Ring of Honor is not the same as being a Hall of okay. Famer. The Ring fair. of Honor
1: with the Graybeards. Very fair point. Very
4: Their fair. offensive line was one of the worst I've ever seen, so it doesn't take much to get a little bit better. And Sam Bradford, I know that people are skeptical, played better than he's ever played in his career and was the best downfield passer in the NFL, according to statistics.
2: And what if Laquan Treadwell steps up and actually – Contribute it's a big something. wild card. Sam I mean, Bradford
1: was the number one downfield passer in the NFL. Yes, do you believe do you believe that to be true? In,
4: in reality, the film shows that he was excellent downfield. He was on point and extremely accurate. I I think the defense underachieved too. So Dalvin Cook comes
3: in and replaces a, a very milk toast starter in Latavius Murray. So that's a pretty good one-two punch with McKinnon, too. As I mean, in theory, director. he's that's also good.
2: replacing Adrian Peterson, though. He's but he right. wasn't there.
3: Yeah, you're right, but he wasn't Jared there McKinnon last year. McKinnon and, and Matt Asiata. Right. He wasn't there last year, and I just think this defense should be better. Linval Joseph, Everson Griffin, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, a nice little secondary with Harrison Smith and Rhodes. It's like those guys
2: that Zimmer got us excited for, they're all still there. I mean, they really were from a like an emotional side and kind of what happened to them, a really sort of snake-bitten team last year. So much put, was put on to the plate of that coaching staff, and its I, I don't see why they'd be worse. I just still see them as a team in the mix in the NFC, but... I would not be they're you not You had them in the NFC championship. They're not I know, but year. I'm not going to do that again. I just I don't I, I don't see that they progressed enough to do that again. You loved Mike Zimmer and their coaching staff. Do you still feel strongly about that? I him? really think Mike Zimmer actually did a very good job last year with all the stuff that got thrown Ten. at him. He's not the Nine, issue. Eight, I think a lot of the things seven, we liked are still six, there. So five, it's kind of like
3: the year three, after maybe three, maybe NFC Jaguars.
0: Hey. Hey.
4: The NFC South so Do you mind did. if we discuss the Bears? We could talk about the Bears. I'd Are like you, to. Were
3: you a, planning to just... Skip I think it. that's a good... You went past Wes. You know, we oh, had did I? That got passage. on
2: Wes's radar a
3: little. <laughs>
4: no, it's fine. Probably got on Bears. I Bears. figure the Bears should be in last place anyway. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, Wes, I apologize. Uh, you're up.
4: The Chicago Bears spent more money than any team in free agency. They overpaid to move up to get Mitch Trubisky. They drafted a bunch of small college guys. They make moves. They are all over the map with their moves. Is there any reason to believe this roster is better than last year's?
2: I Here's the thing that sticks out with me. No. <laughs> um, and secondly, where there, there has to be suspicion that no one in charge there is going to be there a year from now. And it's the kind of setup where you've left whoever comes into this position, if that happens, with a lot of problems. Mm.
3: You know, sometimes the conventional wisdom, when everyone is piling on the team and like, oh, this is going to be a joke, sometimes it's right. Think about the Browns last year. Everyone said they would be the worst team in the league. They'd be lucky to win a game or two. Hey, that's what happened. The Bears are the Browns this year. I think everyone is right. I think Glennon could be okay if it was given the <laughs> – That should be their, Should be on their media I think guide. Glennon, Jordan Howard, and Cameron Meredith are three players I like. Kyle Long and a couple of their offensive linemen are, are okay. I, I think everything surrounding them and Fox and the GM and drafting Trubisky and the defense isn't too exciting, that's all going to sink any of that promise. They are the worst.
1: You know what they need? They need Kevin White to – turn into the player they thought they were getting. Desperately. That is asking a lot, though, because you look – I mean, from their skill players, was, I mean, Eddie Royal, you're going to get excited there. Marcus Wheaton, he was the the odd man out in Pittsburgh. Kendall Wright. Uh, Zach Miller. Whatever. I think
2: Cameron Meredith can be a quality starter. He's it like got the makings starter. of a four-win team with a couple young guys like that. that I, I just – I think that you've left that fan base – Absolutely spinning because it's not just the decisions they made. It's the fact that they're so clearly this toxic working environment, and that typically always leads to complete doom.
1: There's so much pressure. First of all, Mike Lennon, as we talked about on Tuesday – Completely got hosed by the organization. There can't be any trust trust between quarterback and franchise anymore, and I'm sure that won't play out poorly. And it's May uh, in uh, in real time once you get to the season, and then once Trubisky gets in the in the lineup, which he's going to, he's going to start games most likely. You would think. So much pressure on this kid, and we don't even know if he's even good. Right, and he's going to be tasked with saving jobs Ten. and and getting this team to respectability. And he might not be ready for you. That. Still got free agent busts from the last GM, Lamar Houston and <laughs> and Pernell McPhee, who haven't really lived up.
4: It's like it's just a weird, weird roster your team.
1: Yikes! Now we'll move to the NFC South, and Wes, I will go in the proper order. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> in fact, Wes will go first this round. I don't. So love. not the proper. I don't order.
4: like that. West will go last again. Mark is our leadoff hitter. Mark, get us going.
2: I'm going to lead off down in Tampa Bay. I think the Bucs, come on, you got to look at what they just did in the draft. They are going all in on offense. I, it reminds me of when the when when the Peyton Manning-led Colts, that front office would just give Peyton Manning more weapons every single offseason, and you hope the defense catches up. They get O.J. Howard, tight end at pick 19. That is an absolute value at that pick. They already have Cameron Braid at tight end. You can do a lot with that. Chris Godwin falls to them at wide receiver. I think he's an interesting-looking player, too. You've got all sorts of stuff going. Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans is set to have a huge year. They're talking about Doug Martin is looking as good as he's ever looked after we didn't know a couple months ago what would happen with him. Here's the question. Are last year's are this year's Falcons not even last year's Falcons at this point? Are this are the Bucks last year's Falcons and Atlanta just goes gets swept away by what's happening with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> offense?
1: Whoa, you are fired up about the Buckos.
2: Had to deliver it. I love it. I am fired up. There's a lot of reason to be. There's a oh, lot of absolutely. New yeah, but
1: th- I guess my one. Fear is there's always that one team where people are absolutely blown away by their offseason, and maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't. But it's hard to make a case against how this team won't take the next, especially on the offensive side of the ball.
4: When you look at great offenses, it's usually because – they are stacked at every position. So you can't just pay attention to the running game. You can't just lock down the number one receiver. You can't just take away the tight end. They have so many weapons, and the Bucks are looking like one of those teams. They might be a year away. Maybe the offensive line is bottom third. Maybe O.J. Howard, just like most rookie tight ends, is going to be inconsistent. Time. And he'll be another year away. And Chris Godwin might be a year away. So maybe they're just a very good offense instead of, like, graduating to the Falcons of last year. But there's so much promise here, and I love the job that Jason Light is doing with this team. I I agree, and I think the offensive line, like a lot of teams, is a
3: huge problem. I think it was worse than, than it was commonly believed last year. I mean, he was always under pressure, Jameis Winston, last year, and that's part of the reason I think he made so many mistakes forcing things is because they couldn't protect him.
1: One bit of a trope alert came from Jason Light uh, who said that uh, Doug Martin has, quote, looked as good as I've seen him during the offseason program. Uh, but maybe, just maybe, that's true because he's got his head on right and he, he's mo- moved past those problems. They still got to figure out what to do the first three weeks if they decide to move forward with Doug Martin because he'll be suspended. But just imagine if you get 2015 Doug Martin uh, with all these weapons and Jameis Winston in year three.
2: Well, my one question would be, what, is, what Winston's got so much around him. Is is he going to be the guy that takes a step to a whole nother level of court quarterback play. Yeah, he's got to get
4: better. And, Dan, the trope is usually the player saying it Ten, about himself. Nine, right. In this case, eight, it's the GM saying seven, it. Cameron Brait, the tight end, was also echoing that sentiment. Well, you know, when they said
3: that, all offseason, huge hype was before the 2015 season. Everyone was saying, oh, my God, Doc Martin looks like a new guy, and guess what? He was a new guy that
1: year. Well, you went over, Greg. That was not right. You're breaking the rules of the game.
4: All right. I'm leaving.
1: No, stay here. It's okay. All right, Wes, you're up.
4: Panthers became the first team to win back-to-back NFC South titles in the history of the division. In fact, they won 3, went 15 and 1, Cam Newton got the MVP. They were a superpower in the NFL. And then they have a disappointing season, but they go out and they upgrade the offensive line, which was Ravaged by injuries last year. They pick up Julius Peppers for a front seven that looks good. They round out the secondary with Mike Adams at safety. They pick up Christian McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel for some speed and playmaking ability. Is everyone sleeping on the Panthers' potential to return
2: to superpower status in the NFC? I think so. And part of the reason, and this is uh, a good thing for the entire division, is that th- this division was a little bit of a train wreck a couple years ago. And now you've got – you look up and down and you say, I, I don't know, the, Pan- the Panthers could be a very, very good team and finish third in this division. It's a sexy division. So you're trying to say, because, you know, I've been on
3: this corner before trying to talk up the <laughs> NFC South. You and have. It, it used to get on Mark Sessler's radar. It's like, oh, well, no. Well, it wasn't true then. Well, I, I saw the quarterbacks. You know, you got <laughs> quarterbacks and you got a chance. I think people are sleeping on it, uh, Wes, because I trust that the defense is going to be good. And if you have a defense with Cam Newton – and a, a f- enough playmakers around them, you're going to be in every game. Like, they're not gonna, teams aren't going to be blowing out the Panthers.
4: They do have some question marks. Matt Khalil at left tackle. That's a problem. Their right tackle situation with Michael Orr having concussion issues. Kelvin Benjamin is overweight and doesn't appear to take his job seriously. Yeah, that's a problem. This just keeps popping up.
2: Devin Funches didn't exactly blow up the way that I thought he would.
4: both of those guys drafted high, disappeared in the second half of last season. Well, it's funny because they they were drafted
3: you know one after another, very similar guys, and then they drafted the exact opposite type of offensive players in McCaffrey and Samuel. I feel I mean, like this maybe is, that makes them hard to defend:
1: I think this is a great spot for them to be in also. Because I think by the time, because there's another, like, what, three or four months before games start again still. So at some point the Panthers will start getting talked up again in some circles. But at the same time, there's just, they're not dealing with that crushing level of expectation or the Super Bowl uh, hangover, which we'll get to in a second. They seem to be a good spot for the bounce-back season.
2: I mean, the bounce-back needs to start with Cam Newton. Right. I getting, mean, it's getting healthy and playing better. He was right. It's easy for us to look at Cam Newton and say, well, we know he has the ability to be what he was two years ago, but he has the same ability to be what he was down the stretch last year.
3: It, it's on Mike Shula and Cam Newton. I mean, Cam Newton's going to have to get healthy in time for the season. It's not going to be easy. I think Mike Shula has enough of these parts. I don't know if I always have trusted Mike Shula. He's had some good moments. Oh, you have to make it out. Trusted. Well, yeah. OK.
1: Are you putting him back on your radar after you got squarely off the radar?
3: If he doesn't do it with this team, he's on the radar. That's for sure. So, yeah, he's on the radar. (laughs) Ten,
1: nine, eight. It's like Steve Spagnuolo just switch spots (laughs) every other year onto the radar.
4: John Fox always there.
1: I said Super Bowl hangover. I believe in it. History is instructive. And uh, the Falcons are coming off the worst Super Bowl loss that there's ever been. Uh, we don't need to get into the specifics there. But I did like, in the off season there was no panic to the, their game plan, it seems, and that, and that went straight through the draft uh, where they, at the top of their draft, they added more kind of speedy playmaker guys on defense. You had Tack McKinley. Love that Tack McKinley. How can you not love him after I mean, on draft day?
3: Number one overall draft pick in locker room speeches, I would imagine.
1: Exactly. Uh, Duke Riley, I'm not familiar with his work, but he's a <laughs> highly touted uh, defender. Uh, But no panic moves. They didn't blow the thing up. Uh, made some coaching staff changes, of course. Uh, But do we think the Falcons, uh, with a potentially improved defense and still have Matt Ryan and that great offense, are hangover proof after their Super Bowl devastation?
4: I do, and I'll tell you why. When people put out the list of coaches – power rankings for coaches, Dan Quinn is so underrated. I I believe he's already one of the best coaches in the NFL. And what he's done to build that defense, the speed and athleticism they've added, and then you continue it with the guys you mentioned, Tack McKinley and Duke Riley, they are a fast playmaking defense now. They are for real. And Kyle Shanahan, you can't overstate the loss there. He was phenomenal. But they have the talent on offense too. I just think when you look at their roster now, you could go enter last season and say, all right, their defense has holes. It's one of the best rosters in the league now.
2: It's the opposite of what Gus Bradley could not do when he left Seattle for Jacksonville, where we know what kind of scheme you want to run. You're even finding players that fit it in theory, but they're not producing. The Falcons very quickly have shown that they can draft the kind of players that this coach needs and get it done. And it, I, there's no reason to think they wouldn't grow. Also, that he, he went out and he spoke to tons of coaches in other fields that have been through the same thing. I really do think emotionally they will get over the Super Bowl loss.
1: We'll see. It was it was such a bad loss and and you wonder how it could linger, but you know that he was that's why if you're a head coach and you're coming in a great position or a, a coordinator in a great position of power in terms of picking a, a potential coaching job Always go to the place where the quarterbacks right is set. So he got to go to Atlanta that had a, a franchise guy, and then you're a defensive guy. You get to build the defense and start right. You know, whereas Gus Bradley went into a tire fire and Gus kept Bradley it had
2: Gus Bradley had a wide berth to get that
3: done. I don't think you can make any logical case against this Falcons team other than. You know, you lose Shanahan and Sarkeesian, who we haven't really talked about. We don't really know much about him, who to me is a little bit of a red flag. If a player had basically ruined his career because of a drinking problem, we would have no problem talking about it. And yet no one wants to talk about it when it's the coordinator. There's really no logic against this team. I do say that the defense has to step up. It has to produce. It was not a good defense last year. It had a lot of potential. It got better.
1: That's it, Greg. That's it. It wasn't good. It (laughs) It wasn't good. No, it wasn't good. You got to end at that moment. All right. Did we get everybody in the NFC South? No. The
2: Saints are still going. (laughs) I mean, come on. I feel like
1: we've been doing this for four hours. It's just the way it it feels.
2: a marathon-like.
1: I'm enjoying it, though. All right. Next.
3: Stop (laughs) The New Orleans Saints. Wow, this this division really is amazing. You can make a case for any of them because I think this New Orleans Saints team on offense has a chance to be on that list. Did they make your list of the five best offenses, Wes?
4: They're overrated in your eyes because you refuse to acknowledge that, that Ted, Ken, Ted Ginn is not Brandon Cooks. Ted Ginn is not Brandon Cooks, but I love a backfield that's
3: Mark Ingram, Adrian Peterson, and Alvin Kamara. You are cooking With gas there, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas was a great rookie wide receiver, can be a number one. Willie Sneed's good. Brandon Coleman again, whatever. They're role players. Don't you think this team could just score enough to be a fun Saints team again? Everyone seems to be
2: sick of this Saints team. I think they could be a fun, scrappy team that does win. I think they were fun on offense last year, and I think they will be again, but the dynamic has not changed, and it's a stale dynamic that annoys me. And continues to. You're going to go seven and nine. You're going to go eight. <laughs> you and don't eight. know that. Well, because I you, think the offense could be so good that it can make up for that. And how about? I'll, that's I'll a bad dynamic. You have to score 38 points a game to win eight games. All right, this secondary. Is going to
1: throw for six thousand yards this year? Like, what are we doing? All right,
2: let's just this <laughs> secondary. Tell me if
3: it sounds passable. Delvin Bro, Kenny Vaccaro, Von Bell, Marshawn Lattimore, and a little P.J. Williams. That's pretty good. Pass honorable. That's a t- that could be a top 10, top 5 type of secondary. Stop! It could.
4: Stop! It rookie could. cornerbacks struggle.
3: That's one, one rookie cornerback, but yeah. P.J. Williams, not
4: good. The guy is drunk! Top 10 <laughs> secondary! Stop!
1: Who's getting to the he quarterback on this? Yeah. State, by the way, That's secondaries are helped out by pass
4: rushers, which don't exist on if the. You I can't get to
1: the quarterback. The secondary is going to get banged in the end. I don't Especially I, in this division.
3: Why did they not address linebacker? They're so Cause slow. Because you had it's to have crazy. that shiny
4: new Alvin Kamara in your backfield. It's really
3: crazy yeah. that they did not address linebacker or
4: or pass rusher.
2: Moves. Oh, See, they picked like, up
4: some slow ones in free agency. Hearing <laughs> from you
2: on this, Greg, <laughs> I, I get this because you should be frustrated with the Saints because the potential with what they have on offense. Would be Not. wonderful if they were to build a defense, but Mickey Loomis refuses to do so.
1: They're like the Packers, only le- less um, ceiling to me. But if they could just get into the if we're an, the 18th best defense, right? We can win double digit games, but up. I don't know if they can get there.
3: They made a big jump last year to number 30 in Football <laughs> Outsiders because they were number 32 big. by a long shot, hey. and now they're up to like 30. They got to get to about
2: 22. You got him in the top 10. What, what team? Win 10 games. What team do they do they stop in their own division? What who did they hopscotch in their own division? That's the question. If you can't seal yourself up with two or three teams, we can't get that excited. This about This division's them. loaded. I can't
4: wait for the oral history down the road where we find out Ten, who's really calling the shot, nine, sean Payton eight, or
2: Mickey Loomis—on
4: these eight, transactions and six, trades and drafts.
1: Five, Greg, uh, Mark, what are your thoughts on Mickey three, Loomis running two teams?
2: <laughs> it's obnoxious, insane. <laughs> <laughs> wait, ah. is that enough?
1: Alright, now finally the NFC West. Do
4: you have
3: anything it's to good read? Good to finally get Mark's take on oh, the Loomis
1: uh, Pelican.
4: Yeah, I've not hammered that <laughs> home it's, enough.
1: That's a real big disappointment. We did not get a chance. Maybe in another <laughs> fresh, show.
3: Fresh idea.
1: <laughs> Whether it's a first or seventh round pick, drafting the right player is the key to success. That six foot four wide receiver, speedy edge rusher, can take a team to new heights. Same goes for your business or department. Finding the right talent. Makes all the difference. When you need to hire, where do you go to scout talent? Where I'm hitting these words, emphasis on the copy there, all capped out, bolded and underlined.
2: Are you following instructions?
1: So let me read this last sentence again. When you need to hire, where do you go to scout talent? You can't find the top talent by posting your job to just one site. You need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can with ZipRecruiter. With ZipRecruiter, instantly distribute your job to 200 plus job boards across the web, including social media networks like, you know, the big the big boys, Facebook and Twitter, all with one click. ZipRecruiter then identifies potential candidates and notifies them about your job in a matter of minutes. No more countless hours searching. ZipRecruiter does the searching for you. You can select, screen, and rate candidates. <laughs> All in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy to use dashboard then find the right fit fast. Don't get stuck with the without the right lineup. Discover today why ZipRecruiter has been used by Fortune 500 companies and hundreds of thousands of small and medium-sized businesses and right now our listeners can kick off their hiring on ZipRecruiter for how much Wes? <laughs> Outside. No. Free. <laughs> free! Free, man. Wow. Just go to zippercooter.com slash blitz. That's ZipRecruiter slash blitz. Try it for free today at zippercooter.com
4: slash blitz. Blitz. I think you put the emphasis on the wrong syllable a few <laughs> times. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm trying. It's new, it's new copy. All right. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's
1: who the NFC West. <laughs> Let's
2: go to Seattle. Okay. I look at Seattle. I actually think they had an interesting draft. They kept trading down. And they if you look at what they're trying to do, they have completely restocked their defensive backfield. Four DBs taken in the draft, and they did their best to address the offensive line in round two with the Ethan Posick, I believe is how you say his name, at center. And they got another lineman down the road. Look, you're in a division where you could probably be a middling team and take sweep up with the other junk that's in the NFC West right now. But the Seahawks, their offensive line last year was an Achilles heel. Have they done enough? Are the weaknesses that existed at the end of last season, do we think they've done enough to return to that NFC championship type team that can go 12-4, and get like a home field advantage type thing situation lined up? Or are they fading?
4: Hmm. I don't think they're fading. I I will never rule out the Seahawks. I do question the offensive line. So he picked up a center which was your best offensive lineman last year with Justin Britt, so I assume they're moving him to guard. But you really – what did you do to improve your tackles? You brought in Luke Jokel. But joke. him eight, eight million dollars. Yeah, I'm not convinced that this offensive line is any better than they've been in the past. So, you, you to me, that's still their Achilles heel, but I don't, I don't disrespect the Seahawks by saying that they're fading. They're always in the mix.
1: I feel like ever since they traded Jimmy Graham –
4: the From trade
1: From Max Unger. This yeah. has been something that's been a year after year. And they're not doing a good job because this continues to be the conversation everyone has going into September is why aren't the Seattle Seahawks are doing a better job protecting uh, their quarterback, Russell Wilson, and, and getting the running game going? If that hasn't changed, and I got to be honest, I'm a little sick of the Seahawks. I hated yeah. them last year. I, I hated... feel like they're sick of themselves. Yeah, you, that you can make that argument. Like it does seem like it's things are maybe starting to get a little stale, and maybe the Seahawks feel the same way, and that's why this Richard Sherman drama has been going on. Uh, that maybe they need to spice things up a little bit. Uh, but I don't know. They seem Gee, to be going in the wrong direction gonna... a little bit. I think they see a big turnover
3: happening soon. That Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor there's a good chance they're not on the team as early as next year. So they draft a couple guys. A lot of things went wrong for them last year, though. I mean, they didn't have Rawls healthy for too long or Price Procise, and now you bring in Lacey, and the the receivers were a little banged up last year. Lockett obviously went down in a big spot. It's like a lot of things went wrong for them, and they were still okay. I would never rule them out. But to me, it, to me it seems less like a roster problem and more of like a metaphysical thing, just mm. – you know, which is like a team team unity and teamwork and and wanting to be great after being at the top
4: because that's that's tough to do. That was supposed to be their strength. They were
1: they were the team unity team. But maybe it's a if they never really wanted to trade Richard Sherman, it was about hey man, we need you to be on
4: the right side of this. We need unity,
1: baby. The rest
2: of the division want to combine thirteen <laughs> games.
4: <laughs> I tried to make the argument a month ago that the Cardinals had missed their window. Because they lost a lot in free agency. Some key players like Carson Palmer and Larry Fitzgerald are getting older and are not as good as they were a couple years ago. So they had a pretty good draft. But why should I believe that they fixed their two biggest problem areas, which were cornerback, number two cornerback, and the offensive line? Why should I believe those are not going to do them in in the long run?
2: Well, I would start with the fact that they, in a, again, we've said this, over and over with these around-the-league uh, swirls, but they, they picked two offensive linemen. Round four, round five, a guard and a tackle. I don't, I, it, it wasn't up top, but they're tr- at least addressing it. They're I mean, not ignoring the problem this like draft, some teams. When
1: we were told that the offensive line was terrible this class, when you take a guy in the fourth and fifth round, what are the chances right. one or totally any of them agree. In any
2: draft? Some, te- some teams guys. like said we need linemen, and they took none. They're at least trying. It's just about but.
3: minimizing like how bad it is. They think DJ Humphreys will be better at left tackle. They're going to move Jared Veldue to right tackle. I don't know that they, they would seem to be in a position to know that better than me. Whether that's of course they've
4: misevaluated DJ Humphreys for two straight
3: years. Right. I think the secondary has some potential. I mean, having Buda Baker, you think you can get a b- much better year from Honey Badger? You're you're certainly hopeful of that. That Justin Bethel played better at the end of last year. That you that Brandon Williams gets better in his second year. I think a lot of the things we liked about the Cardinals are still there. Like, it's just minimizing. Maybe there is no answer to your question. Like, they're not going to win the Super Bowl because of those, but I think they can be a good team, especially in this lousy division.
1: David Johnson was as good as anyone in the league last year. Right. You kind of need him to be at that similar level because now I don't know if the passing game is something you could trust the way you could in past years.
4: You can't. Michael Floyd's gone. Larry Fitzgerald doesn't make plays down the field anymore and averaged under 10 yards of reception, which is one of the three or four worst still, figures in the NFL. Was still a good player though. He's very good in in possession situations, but he he's not a playmaker to the extent that he was.
2: The offenses we're seeing that are blowing up now, just like we talked about with the Bucks and the Falcons, you have so many different places to go to attack a defense. I don't like I don't like offenses. I Johnson is incredible but where it's all coming from one guy. This midseason stat where one guy has more ball production than anyone in the league, it's like that's also sometimes the sign of an unhealthy offense.
3: Maybe the key to their team is really John Brown and J.J. Nelson playing well, having good seasons. And and I don't know if that's going to happen. They're talented guys because I don't think we can underplay the David Johnson thing. I think he's on track to be a Hall of Fame type of guy in right in the middle of his prime. So that is a huge deal.
1: Well, and then you have Honey Badger is the other part of this. Like we'll, we'll probably know by the end of September if we're ever going to see that guy again. Not lot Se- second major knee surgery. If he t- gets back to his old form, we'll get a trope on that very soon, I'm thinking. Yes, Who's up? My turn? Yes. My turn. The 49ers. They didn't take a quarterback until the third round. C.J. Beathard? Yes, I. You could also say beat hard.
4: I, I think he is. Is he the grandson of Bobby Beathard? He is. Well, oh, nephew. He's or nephew. Something? He's related to Beathard. Yeah. Anyway, one of the best general managers in NFL history.
1: Maybe he becomes something. Maybe he doesn't. But we'll see. But after collecting uh, a bunch of uh, some day uh, extra day two draft picks in 2018, and not addressing quarterback until beat hard.
2: <laughs> All right.
1: Are they the ones? that are all in for hashtag scam for Sam. All this hope around the Niners and some surprising success for John Lynch, uh, according to some people, Um, are they the ones that are really lined up for this?
2: When you look at Shanahan specifically, he is so super loyal to past quarterbacks that he's worked with. Wherever he's stopped, he's brought in guys well past their prime just to be on the roster that – If he really feels that next offseason's quarterback class also includes Kirk Cousins, then I would say that he would have a tough decision because I think he really seems to side with the guys he knows will fit in a system that he knows will be productive right away. I don't think they're necessarily... They're certainly not trying to lose, and
3: I don't think they're necessarily going to be one of the three or four worst teams in the league. It's a a hard team to predict because I think they have one of the best offensive coaches in the league, but a lousy offensive roster, and then a total unknown coaching their defense. And honestly, if you look at their starters on defense, it's not bad. It's kind of an average defense. It's not a bad defense. I mean, there's some potential really at every level, maybe even better than average uh, talent. So I kind of think if Shanahan can cook up some sneaky yardage with Hoyer, it's like this team has a chance to, to win six games and have everyone talking about, wow, what a great job by Shanahan.
4: I like that. Gotta one like more that team out Jets, of the mix. We've you got, think? A, but we've got an update to your uh, scam for Sam. Let's hear it. We're now hearing that Wyoming quarterback Josh Allen is the favorite to go number one overall. What? That's fine. The mo- now you, you got got Josh Rosen from UCLA.
1: Rosen for Rosen. Scam for Sam. What's this guy's name? Josh Allen. Fallon for Allen. Fallon for Allen. <laughs> it's a reach.
3: <laughs> I mean, give you me. You got a- Lamar Jackson. Give me, you give me a, a break. Uh, you get a, a nice. Jewish boy like Rosen playing quarterback in New York City. Well, what did Mark money? Watch it! It is a total Washington.
2: sea change, and all these teams that have never had quarterbacks are going to get them, wait, wait. and the Patriots and the rest are going to crumble.
3: But we totally forgot to talk <laughs> about the 49ers. Oh there. yeah.
1: Oh, anyway, so yeah, I think uh, that is that is if they if they were hashtag scam for Sam ten. Brian Hoyer is going to win some games with him probably. That's a tough so guy to go
2: 1-15 with. You games. Great.
3: Solomon Thomas, Ark Armstead, DeForest Buckner, uh, Aaron Lynch, Navarro Bowman, Ruben <laughs> Foster. No, no,
1: shut up, shut up, no more.
3: Some players.
4: Oh, you can't say some players.
3: I was talking <laughs> about this next team. There are some Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: okay.
4: Watch it. Nice try. Nice. Hit, hit him with some Orson. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to scam the system.
3: I think the more likely team, if it wasn't for the the presence of Wade Phillips to be scamming for Sam, and, and still I think they're going to be in the mix, is the Los Angeles Rams. Their draft reminded Whoa. me so much of previous. Weren't they already off? Rams off? draft. Why have they earned the benefit of the doubt? That let's say Cooper Cup or their second-round tight end Gerald Everett are going to be any different than the millions of other wide receivers and tight ends that they've drafted over the years that have not panned out?
2: Well, because I think one thing under the Jeff Fisher era, <laughs> there was a what very
1: clear – The hand motions. What? It like was, sending it out into the, the ether. It
2: was quite a bit much. I mean – it. <laughs> There was such a clear issue with developing offensive talent. That started at your off, on your offensive line. It started with the fact they drafted 4,000 wide receivers. Not one of them developed. That We saw Todd Gurley, for multiple reasons, fall off a cliff last year. Everything under Fisher didn't turn to gold. It turned to the opposite.
4: Yeah, unlike my flamboyant friend Greg Rosenthaler. <laughs> <laughs> I see reasons to like Cooper Cup. Okay, I mean, yeah, he he might have played at a small school, but every time he played against a big school, he dominated. And a lot of guys liked him as as one of the guy who could develop into one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. Gerald Everett seems like an athletic move tight end. And I think, you know,
3: similar to Tyler Higby, who they just drafted.
4: Right. But also similar to maybe Jordan Reed, who Sean McVay had in Washington. And I think you're starting to see his fingerprints on this roster a little bit.
3: I think the, the I guess I'm answering my own question would be the coaching staff would be just much better. I mean, that's what they're banking I think on. so. I that, think that's that that what they... Defensively they and offensively.
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean it, it would be fascinating with this whole first-round draft thing if they wound up with the number one pick because, in theory, you're not going to draft another quarterback. You've got to stick with Goff. I mean, in theory. But then it becomes who can offer the, mo- the most to the Rams. You could change your whole franchise by someone giving you a giant bounty and it won't be the Jets. It
1: wasn't so long ago that we were talking about scoff for Goff. You know, everyone in the football cognoscenti was talking well, about that oh, tells
2: you how little of a sure thing this next Nobody round is. Everybody's
1: everybody like, oh, you know, it's time to be arid like for Dad. Jared. It wasn't so no long one was ago. Nobody was talking
2: <laughs> about that arid.
4: Nobody <laughs> talked about those guys until the march before the draft.
1: I know. I just made those up. But uh, if he stinks, by the way, if he stinks, if he, if Jared Goff stinks, they will absolutely be in the market to take a quarterback number one if they, if they go in the tank. Because I would think under a new regime, there's not a lot of loyalty there for him anymore. He's same a bit same of a tough GM spot. that
3: drafted Goff.
1: Yeah, but he'll I mean, be gone. Maybe.
3: I mean,
1: <laughs> I mean, what do you have to? Do? If they go two and fourteen again, yeah, you're telling me that the Mister Handsome's still going to be there? We'll see. I guess. so. Well, for it's the, a Wade,
2: huge off season. It's a huge season for Goff. It really Wade, is. Wade Phillips has got some
3: Ten, players to deal nine, with with Donald eight, and Ogletree, and seven, seven, so did the last one. Yeah, but he wasn't Wade four, Phillips.
0: You Wade like, Phillips you
3: liked him this morning. Wade Phillips is a <laughs> Hall of Fame type of coordinator. Agreed.
1: We did it. Did we? Are we done?
2: That's There's it. a fifth division. <laughs> we did
1: it. We did it.
4: Around the Canadian Football League.
1: 32 teams and two shows, everyone getting equal time because that's the type of show. We don't you know, come at us and be like,
2: we only talk about the Patriots and the Jets and the Browns. That person has more uh, pressing issues than. Yeah. <laughs> His complaint. <laughs> Maybe stop smoking. Because for, is a bit. For, <laughs> for
1: two shows a year, we give every team <laughs> perfect amount of time.
3: We yeah. could do, we could do that again. You know,
1: we should we do another train, show right after this show. Just do it all again, <laughs> and then integrate different takes, and we'll put Sydney into an edit bay for like seventeen hours, splicing together like multiple hours of shows into one compact one-hour program. What do you think, Sid?
0: Oh, yeah. I love staying here. Yeah. 17 hours. She
2: deserves better. <laughs>
1: uh, we will be back. We'll be back on Monday. How about that? We'll be back on Monday with uh, three shows back to our normal schedule uh, now that we're kind of out of the, the, the draft's magnetic pull. It affects everyone. But now we'll get back to it, and we'll give you three shows a week, uh, probably through June. About we'll get to the June area, and then through June, well, you know, into June, we'll we'll figure it out.
3: Probably, th- yeah, through those mini camps, kind of mid June. Yeah, mid June. Then, then we dial it back.
1: Now we'll pull back, pull back the reins a little. Mid June at
2: the latest,
1: <laughs> and then uh, once camps start, we'll be back to three shows a week. But uh, yeah, so we got a lot more coming for you guys, and thank you to everyone that listens. And again, remember what I said on Tuesday. We want to get that subreddit up to 5,000 subscribers. It's not that hard. It's not like you have to go there and, and craft uh, carefully written screeds about our show. Just to go sign up for the Reddit, which is a nice, fun website, and and, and hit the old subscribe button for Around the NFL. We get to 5,000. The 5,000th 5, uh, subscriber on the subreddit is going to get something special. Huh. And I will leave it to Greeby mm. to be able to calculate and figure out who number 5,000 would be. Seems like a tough job kind of parachuting this into his lap without any prior discussion. (laughs) But I know he's very good at what he does over there. He
2: could also hand us a game and we wouldn't argue. 5,000. That's true, too. His brother.
3: (laughs) 5,000 subscriber gets one of our family's Super Bowl tickets from next year. More specifically, Greg's. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, how about a ticket to the Metropolitan – Ball, the Met Ball, big deal. Fashion industries, Oscars.
1: People say
2: again, you will lots of celebrities. Pot, Greg.
1: How do you? What's your? <laughs> You've gone
2: from Super Bowl ticket to a fashion show that probably four percent of that Reddit board cares about.
1: We'll figure it out. Let's a good good brainstorming on the fly, thrown against <laughs> the wall, Greg. There, there's no such thing as a bad idea, but let's just narrow this down and really get something we're all in the same. Then reason.
3: we have it. We have a ping pong tournament between the four of us to decide which family has to lose the ticket don't do parlor <laughs> games Parlor games, <laughs>
4: <laughs> ping
1: pong of all
4: sports um yeah, sport all very right
1: generous of you <laughs> <laughs> all right that's it this is dan Hansis signing off for the quiet storm the mailman the new boss excuse me the old boss and new money behind the glass till monday